Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News. We are in the office of Christine Collins, Christine Collins Kiernan, in her fifth year as head coach of the Concordia Eagles. What's up, CK? Not much. What's up, Fonger? I mean, I can't believe it. it we go way back. We we're just talking about when we first met when our kids was at like five, 15 years ago at OCO, yeah. which stands for Orange County Optimist Club, I guess you would say. Yeah. <laughs> right. SEO League. And now she is the head woman's basketball coach at Concordia, off to a 3-0 and start, uh, about to enter a Thanksgiving holiday tournament before you head on to a... How many days are you all going to be out in Hawaii? Uh, eight and a, about eight and a half, yeah. Eight and a half days, it's awesome. Business trip though, right? Business trip, but I think like, I always try and keep it in perspective that this might be the only time some of these kids ever go to Hawaii. So I wanna make sure they see little things, experience some things and create memories. Cause at the end of the day, when they graduate from here, it's the remember ones. And it goes by so quick. It right? goes by so fast. Like just watching your practice, we were talking about Bubs and Sophia and Julia. They're already sophomores and juniors mm -hmm. and co's now. A Traditionally, a class of 20 at Modern Day, uh, who's a sophomore at Concordia, yeah. but she's playing as a freshman because of COVID. Correct. I'm lucky. I get an ex still an extra year with her. <laughs> and, and we were talking about this. You would never even know. First of all, she's the coach's daughter, mm -hmm. and you would never even know she's the coach's daughter by just watching a practice or going to a game. But it, I, I asked Kevin, I asked your husband this, how is it coaching your daughter? Um, well, I think like, I don't know what it would be like coaching the other two, so I can only speak towards her and she makes it incredibly easy. You know, she always is the hardest worker out there. She communicates at a high level. She's incredibly likable and she cares about her teammates above all other things. So, and the reason why I focused on her, cause I, I coached her back in the day mm -hmm. when she was in softball, but she went to modern day and obviously this podcast helps high school students and parents with the mm -hmm. college search and admission process. We're talking Concordia Eagles. Concordia, part of the uh, Pac West, and the conference is amazing with these with, with these schools. I could just rattle off like Point Loma or the schools in Hawaii mm -hmm. or APU. And of course we have Concordia too, so we'll get into that. But what what's your big sell when you're selling a recruit? How are we communicating? I'm a parent, sell me on Concordia, Christine. Well, I think the biggest thing about Concordia is that it's more than just um, coming to college to be at college. You know, you're going to we are a, a private price tag, but the biggest classes are 13 people per a class. Like that's what they're averaging. So you are getting one on one attention with your professors. And what I really like about it is the fact that most of the professors in the majors actually worked in that profession. So like our business department is really good here and most of the professors are like million dollar businessmen who now just want to come back and teach. So they have hands, hands on experience and they can really tell you how to get to that next level and network you and get you into what you want to do. Right. And, and you, before you step foot on campus of Concordia, obviously you were the CSUN, Cal State University Northridge mm -hmm. assistant coach for seven years. Did you know about Concordia? How do we get the word out and communicate to these students as well as parents you know what, there's more schools than the sweatshirt brands out here in Southern California, such as yeah. USC, UCLA. And then it's you can stay home right here in Southern California and Irvine. Uh, 
how do we communicate that? How do we tell that parents? is so ironic you say that because I went to a JC for my first two years out of high school and then when I was wanting to really just stay in California and I feel like there's a lot of California kids who at the end of the day really don't want to leave the sunshine right they want to stay home and I did an open gym here and I never heard of it before. I was like, what's this Concordia thing? And I ended up just going to Cal State Fullerton. But then when this job opened up and I started to do some research on it, I was like, man, this is the best kept secret in Orange County. And I, we, I, it's my goal to change that. Like, I want everybody to know about this school because the best thing about this school outside of what you're gonna get academically is they really push knowing why you know what you know. Like, why do you believe what you believe? And whatever that is, like, flourish within it. This campus has 4,000 students, mm -hmm. right? I mean, just driving up here, Joshua's had some games up here and, and just driving and walking around campus. It's a smaller campus, right? And there, there are lower campus housing and upper campus housing. Uh, all your players, I assume, live... I'm not going to assume anything, but do they live on campus? This is like the first year that every single kid on my team lives on campus. Wow. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it, too, is that we practice really early and they really find they really like the community here. So it's, their dorms are actually really nice, to be honest with you. And the dorms are, you can go, what, quads, mm -hmm. uh, suites, two people, four people? Yeah, so I think like Cameron last year, she lived in... Um, where it was called like Row or Sigma where the freshmen live. Yes. And it's like you kind of have your own space and your own walk-in closet. And it's like um, two people on one side. And then there was a connector, which was the bathroom. And then the same thing was on the other side. So there was you have your own little like bedroom area. And now she lives in quads that has like a living room, a smaller kitchen. And then you kind of sleep side to side with somebody. But it's a big room. And then there's another one like that. And then you guys share a bedroom. So it's more apartments. Style. Is that the way it is with all students? You can choose like where, which, what type you want to live in. Okay. Either the apartment style or the more traditional where you have your own space. It just kind of, I think, depends on like your personality. Do you need your own space, like where you want your own bedroom? Then you're probably staying in those like <laughs> suites. If you are a little bit more community like and you're better at being like with people, then you probably want the apartment style. What what is is co with four? Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, how's the dining? I okay. So, so I think like this day and age, everybody just loves to complain, right? And they just complain about stuff. And it's funny because like I have two grad assistants um, this year, and one went to Pepperdine and one went to Chapman, and they say all the time, "This is way better than like where our school was." But I love it because they have different stuff all the time. They have um, farm to table options. Okay. They have vegetarian. They have a full salad bar. They have a panini press. I mean, they have a lot of things to choose from they have a pizza oven i mean even if it's a day where you don't like pork and that's what they're having you can go make a panini or have a pizza or just have a huge salad bar and they also always have soup too and stuff like that yeah well and it's part of bon appetit bon yeah. appetit and that's my friends his grandfather runs oh, all the bon appetits for most major universities so when I, you know, did my research, I'm like, oh, they got Bon Appetit. They got the meal plans mm -hmm. and there's all kinds of meal plans that you can choose from. But speaking on for maybe your daughter as well as your teammates, do a lot of them also go off campus? Here we are in Irvine. Mm -hmm. There's so many good places to eat. So as a student here, we're on campus, but we're also in Orange County. Do they like to go off campus a lot? Um, 
I think like this is a great opportunity for us to talk to them about is that how you choose to spend your money? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you've already invested in this and some of these kids get really savvy with that, like, oh my God, I have this meal plan, which is X amount of meals a week and everybody's different. They call them swipes or whatever. Yes. Some people might yes. be at 19, 14, 10 or five. You know what I mean? So like, how are you using those? I don't want to leave those on the table. Right. So like um, on Saturdays and Sundays, they have at school here is a brunch option. So it's like it's only two meals. So maybe they only hit one of those meals and that's mm -hmm. when they go out together for Saturday night and stuff like that and hit. But yeah, they're actually pretty good about using their swipes here. And that's something I always like to communicate to parents because when they're looking at the meal plans, like for example, with Sophie and Julia, you're right on the weekends at their house, they only have like breakfast and they don't have lunch and dinner Friday night or Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. They don't, they only have like snacks because they assume most kids are going to go out and do what they do. Uh, go explore and go eat yeah. right or even looking at the meal plans here at concordia you could just budget and manage that yes i definitely tell them all the time like don't waste your money and don't leave those on the table you know at the end of the day yeah and i'm sure some of the your players are like use more than they do and then they'll they'll go to one of their teammates and say hey can i have a swipe you know what they don't tell me that so i don't know like honestly <laughs> i don't know that stuff they're pretty I think, I don't know, I, the one great thing about my team is I have a lot of great kids and they, we have a, like, we always tease them about naughty girl of the week and it's a person that's kind of like tried to go outside the lines of stuff, you know, but I don't know. We, I don't know if they do that or not. So, so let's talk about that because obviously Concordia, it's a Lutheran Christian school mm -hmm. and is, I forget cause I think I've had, was he, did he work for you, Nick Ellersack? Mm -hmm. He was on this podcast way, like maybe like a year and a half ago. And he kind of talked about the environment, the campus. I mean, people that are listening to this podcast, some students, some parents may want that big college feel, that big Greek system where they go out and let's face it, they're going to go out and party and do what they do. At Concordia, is, is it a dry campus? It is a dry it's campus. It's a dry campus, yeah. right? Um, I feel like, at the end of the day, your kid's going to find what they're looking for, you know, and you can try and force them into an environment that you're hoping they're going to accept, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to follow all the rules and stuff. It's like, it's kind of like however your parenting style is, that's what's going to pretty much lead them, right? Right. Um, there's a couple things that I really, uh, that drew me to Concordia as well, is like one you don't have to sign a declaration of faith here, which I think is really important because I think on the onset, you're telling kids to lie you know, and you don't have to say that you don't have to pretend to not be gay or not to be mm -hmm. whatever it is you are and stuff. And I would have had a hard time if they would have told me that those were the standards here. I don't think I would have taken the job because for me, I consistently preach vulnerability and being honest and being transparent. And then I'm going to have to tell you to lie. So that's what I really like about Concordia is like they want you to come as who you are and believe what you believe and figure out what you believe in that process, too. So, um, they do they have rules about drinking and um curfew curfew rules yes like i pretty much have only two rules here on my team and the number one rule i have is follow the law of the land you're in and every law every land is different like at home you might be able to drink in your house you know what it is but you know what here you can't and that's the law of the land here right. so follow it right you know so and we're going to be traveling as a group and those laws are going to change when we're traveling as a group and we're going to you're going to be somewhere in the summer and those laws are going to change in that land that you're at so like just follow the laws of the land you're in 
I like that because it's a little flexible. Yeah. It's not black and white. Correct. Right? So as a parent, you went through the recruiting process. Mm-hmm. And this it, it's just, I love talking to parents. And not only are you you the coach of the daughter, but you went through that process with Cameron or even your son, yeah. Bubs. So let's talk about that because there's parents out there that are, should I go to a big school? Should my kid go to a small school? Are they a student athlete or not? You've gone through it twice and you have a couple more kids coming up. Yeah. What's the advice you give to parents that are listening out there on the college search and admission process? I think a big thing is really knowing who your child is is probably the most important thing. You, you hear that? And um, letting them really, helping them guide the pro- that process through that. You know, like they're gonna think, they might think they want something big, but so I think a big good example is my daughter Cameron. Like she went to a very competitive basketball situation in high school that elevated her probably her profile as a basketball player and she's incredibly skilled and smart she probably could have gotten a lower level division one um offer and option and she knew from the start like at first when i first got this job her first words out of her mouth was i will never go to concordia and i will never play for you and my feelings were hurt (laughs) and i kind of was like okay well that's your choice like you don't have to come play for me and I think she started to watch. She had never seen me as a head coach, though. So like, I think she started to watch how I navigate my players. And she started to see the people I was bringing on the team. And that really changed her outlook. But the biggest thing was, like, she watched me as a Division One coach. And she watched all her, like, teammates that were ahead of her that were just these big-time kids go to these big-time Division Ones. And she was just like man, it's such a business. And you don't get any summers. And I don't know if that's me. And so I started talking to her a lot about, okay, if you're a division one kid, this is going to be your requirements. This is what you're going to have right. to do. You know, like it's a full-time job. Yeah. So like, and she was like, I honestly do not know if that's me, mom. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it is either. Um, division two, I, but I go, you have to be careful because you're a division one feel in terms of you want that competitiveness. You want that, um, like commitment level in terms of when you're there, you want everybody committed and stuff and right. your coaches committed and you want it to be like elite status, you know? So like you don't want to, a lot of kids go from a place like modern day and then have, um, like they go to another program and it's just like, this isn't even as competitive or they don't like have it as discipline and stuff. So you don't want to have that when you go and like, ah, this is, this is a joke. Right. You know? This so sucks. like <laughs> she knew though, at least here I was trying to build that like my number one one of my number one core values is life balance so i'm trying to teach girl women now at this age that you got to fight for that life balance because eventually you're probably going to be a mom a wife like i would say 90 percent of them are shooting to be a mom a wife and be a big time um lady boss right so how do you balance that i'm trying to model that all the time you know and so i'm also giving them opportunities for life balance here and that's what she's looking for so i right. trying to show her you got to find that like go out and find that and see if that's for you and you hit a, a, a big point because people that are listening e- either students and parents either thinking right they're coming from big high schools mm-hmm. modern day newport harbor cdm or wherever they're coming from they think they're going to go division one yeah which is a whole nother story because they ain't that good, mm-hmm. right? They're not even a low mid-major maybe, right? Yeah. So how do we get them to to look into a D2? And it's not a full-time job, uh, which which is very interesting because I tell a lot of kids I meet and parents, I said, it is, even as a student manager, that's a full-time job. Yeah. Well, okay. I think you have to understand your non-negotiables. And 
sometimes sadly the parents non-negotiables do not match with their child's non-negotiables right so like a, a great example of that would be a parent has a kid that is probably could steal a division one roster spot so they'll go to this division one and they're on a full ride and that's the parents non-negotiable is they don't want to pay right but this kid is absolutely miserable this kid is not right. valued this kid like a b and c and they're looking for a culture where they'll be valued they want a little bit more life balance and stuff so at the end of the day it's like what are we playing off of our kids mental health or you know, the opportunity to get college for free. And I get it, like money is tough. I've got, you know, two in college right now and I'm, you know, navigating that as well. So with my son, he's incredibly bright. He went to Troy High School, which is probably, I think it's like the number it's 10 Smarty school Pants. in the nation, yes. right? And he graduated with like a 4.3 and it comes easy to him. He could have gone, like he was thinking Ivy League and all that stuff. And so I sat him down and I'm like, listen, bub, like you go out there and yeah, you're going to, you could probably um, thrive, you'll get in and all that stuff. But what is the financial outcome of that? I mean, we're like that middle, high middle class where you we get no financial right. aid from a school like that. Like you're gonna have to take on all those loans and they don't give academic aid to Ivy League and stuff. So you don't have a chance to make all those grades that you got work for you in an academic offer. So it's like trying to show him the bigger picture of that. Like we're here, he had a huge academic aid thing here. And like, he's going to walk away virtually debt free because we're going to be able to pay off like all of his, what he does incur here and he's going to be able to go forward. So like, I think you got to figure out what your big picture is in situations and, and, like that. And what she's, what Christine's talking about is, you know, you can apply to FAFSA, mm -hmm. which we always talk about, but you may not qualify. I have a lot of friends that say, should I do FAFSA? I'm like, you could do all the paperwork, but I could tell you right now, you ain't going to qualify. But you might qualify for loans. So like Brendan qualified for loans that we're having him take out. So that way he can start to build his credit right. too, which is a huge thing for kids at that's this age. That's very smart. Yeah. Christine, that's very smart. Because yeah. I'm trying to teach my girls how to build credit, you know, getting a credit card, buying something for $100, $200 mm -hmm. and then paying it off. But these are some astounding numbers. So there's not sticker shock, right? 45% yeah. of student families earn less than $80,000 annually that are students here at Concordia. That's almost half of the 4,000 mm -hmm. students where their families are coming from less than 80,000, right? Mm -hmm. But the scholarships, you guys award 58 million in scholarships ranging from academics to honors and then obviously the president scholars, mm -hmm. which is a full scholarship all the way to student athlete scholarships. Yeah. So, I mean, we're lucky enough as an athletic department where we can, like, I like smart kids, to be honest with you, because I think smart kids and- They're coachable. And, well, I think kids that have high GPAs, that shows more about who they are as a person than a kid that tests well, right? So I love those kids with high GPAs because I know those kids work, they get after it, they, they're consistent, and those all like translate into team sports and like working, you know? So, I mean, our team GPA hovers right around 3.5, 3.6, which is kind of astounding for athletes. Yeah. What are, what's your daughter majoring in and what's Bubs majoring in? See, that's another great thing about Concordia. You get out of here in four years. So that's a big thing, but you can get out of Concordia out of four years if you want with a double major. So Cameron's actually double majoring in, um, 
psychology and behavioral science. Okay. And Brendan was just a straight business um, major at initially, but he was like, there's no creativity. It's a lot of account accounting and stuff. And he likes to be able to have like, you know, personality and stuff like that. So he's actually going to go marketing, business marketing with a minor in, um, I think it's financial business business finance and stuff like that. So he's really good with people and multi-generational people. So he'll be able to. So you could double things. major. Yeah. For those who are listening, like double majoring is very, very hard. Okay. So as a matter of fact, Sophie and I had this conversation because she's at UW and she came in with a lot of credits and classes. Mm -hmm. So now she's able to take some other classes where she'll have a minor. Yeah. Right. And I said at the end of the day, and I hope you communicate this to your players as well as to your kids, it doesn't matter what you get your degree in. Start something, finish something, and you know I'm gonna, uh, what I'm about to say. It's all about networking. It is. Who you know when you graduate. So that's a great transition because how often do you have like alumni um, events or donors coming in talking to your team to maybe talk about that next step in life? I think, okay, so a big thing, like I, I'm the type of coach that I'm doing everything I wish I would have had. And all the, of all the people I worked for, all the holes I saw, like, so as I was like an assistant coach at um, Cal State Northridge, I was just writing down everything that I would do if I was the head coach. And I think I came way more prepared probably than most people to come into this job. And so one of the things we do is we do twice a month, we do life talks and I bring in, I kind of usually have a theme of the year and I bring in people that kind of fit into that theme. Like my first year here, I walked into a team of 11 seniors and not a single one of them knew what they wanted to do next. Wow. And that, that was really scary to me. And I was like, well, you're all going to have to graduate in the degree you're in right now. We can't make changes. So I brought in women. I, I, like I typically try and keep it at women. I've had one man come in. He was just amazing. He had a great, um, he was a financial advisor. So it was really good to hear him talk. But um, I have them come in that year and I had them talk about like what they majored in and what they actually did and like all their twists and turns to get them to where they are today. Because at the, like I'm not even working in the, the field, the field of what I, in. yeah, like right. I was communicative disorders, thought I was going to be a speech pathologist. And here I am, I'm a women's basketball coach. But like, how do we, how do you navigate those twists and turns? How do we like get to the next thing? And how do we make it like figure out this is not work, it's your job kind of deal. Like I love coming to my job every single day. I'm inspired by it. You know, I love it. You got to figure out what that's going to be for you, your purpose. Right. And um, so we do a lot of that here. Like, getting them to try an internship a little bit earlier. Um, and it's not even like who knows you. It's not even who you know, it's, it's who, who knows, knows you. you. And like like who you know that will like network for you. So like, I mean, the one thing I am, I'm a people person and I love to draw people in and I'm a connector. So I'm always looking to connect my kids with that next person. Like my job as a mentor here is to connect them to the next person that's going to mentor them onto the next stage. And that's all I'm like, all my alumni and everybody here are how I'm trying to do. So like yesterday, I just got a text message from one of my friends and says, hey, we are looking for someone to come in and be a business analyst with us. They don't have to, we prefer a business degree but at the end of the day we want a fast learner we want someone that's team oriented and someone that you know can hit the ground running we know that you like promote all those things can do you have someone you can recommend so right now today that's my job is to go through all my alumni figure out where they're at and stuff and how do I connect this 
to connect somebody to that. CK, you've always been like that. I remember you when you were assistant coach at Modern Day trying to do the little, remember the little locker room inspiration I cards? I still do those. You still do that. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. But just connecting or getting uh, a lot of your alumni from Troy, then your alumni at Modern Day, mm-hmm. and then you went on uh, to Cal State Northridge. So being a connector is huge. And that's that obviously something I like to do with this podcast, trying to help it, these students as well as parents make that decision for their next secondary well i think like as a young woman when i was first coming up from high school and college i didn't look up and see anybody that had my kind of like outlook on life i didn't see any woman out there really coaching i didn't see any woman out there like i didn't even know what i wanted to do that was a big thing because i didn't see a go-getter out there you know what i mean so like i'm just trying to throw all these people at these girls to see this is possible. We got to break this glass ceiling. You can do this. You know, like these things are possible. (laughs) So what's the big difference? Because people that are listening may think of, you know what? I I look at Cal State Fullerton or Long Beach State. You were on the campus of Northridge for about seven years, five, Mm -hmm. five, five, seven years, right? What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Nothing to do with basketball. Let's just talk about Northridge in itself. Um, and I think too, cause I also graduated from Cal state Fullerton. So I'm pretty good at the Cal state system and stuff. Um, what I liked about Cal state Northridge, to be honest with you, was their immense amount of majors you could find like at Cal state Northridge, you can major in fashion design. Most places you can't do that unless you went to fit them. Right. So I think the Cal state system has a lot of, um, flexibility in finding something you want to major in. Um, and they have a lot of class they offer a lot of classes and they offer them at a lot of times. Right. Um, but they're also getting super impacted though. So like yes. then it turns into what I didn't like is it was really hard to graduate in four years. I didn't like that. I think that was tough unless you were an athlete. So a normal student, I think it was really tough to graduate in four years unless you were really flexible in like taking classes at all random times right. and all day. Right. Um, what I also liked about it was, um, it was, there was a lot of things that you could do differently there, you know? Um, what I didn't like about it and what I, and me as a, as me as like when I was a student and then looking at my own children and even people here, they'll say like, I want to go to a big school because I don't want, I want to like, don't want to be alone. Like I feel like a small school is so alone. And then I had this conversation with a freshman my first year here and she chose Concordia over all these division one offers and stuff. And I said, why did you choose this school? Like granted she was from Oregon and she wanted sunshine and all that stuff too. But why did you choose this? And she's like, you know, I was thinking about it. Like I could go to this really big school and I could go to the same spot every day and never see the same people. And I'd feel so much more alone, even though I was surrounded by people it would never be the same faces or I could come here and it's like, I'm seeing the same people. It's enough people, but I'm seeing the same people. And now I'm not alone. I can really generate a community. Right. So like alone to me and bigness is what you make of it. You know, like if you want to dig in and be and have community and, and do a bunch of different stuff, you can find that anywhere. You just got to be vulnerable to it. And you hit it right on the dot. You talk about communities because every student and parent that I like to talk about, I said, you know, it's what you do when you get to that mm-hmm. college and the community that you build. Do you want a big community or a small community? Do you want to be in the Greek system or not? You can make a big university small. Yeah. Now, you, you might hear this, so help, help someone that might be listening. How do you make a small college, small university, 
big because it's it's hard. There's 4,000 students here. Some people go to high school with 4,000 students. Yeah, but you go to high school with 4,000 students and you still like stay within your own little group, right? So it's all relative, you know? Like I feel like most people go to a big school to say they went to that school. They're they're gunning for the sweatshirt, like you said. It's <laughs> not, or the, the sweatshirt brand. Or the prestige, you know, in their mind. Um, but a big thing about like, and I preach this all the time, you can't be just a basketball player here because at the end of the day in four years, it's over. And who are you after that? And if you don't spend this four years figuring out who you are, Beyond being a basketball player, you're really going to struggle once you graduate. Yes, you okay? can tell it. So like uh, we've had a kid here that was only about basketball when she first came here and she was kind of a little bit depressed and she wasn't she just didn't have a she didn't have her like feet underneath her. And I said, you got to figure out what makes you go, what makes you tick and stuff. And like she has become a whole new person. She's gotten into clubs. She's in the student government here. She's in the welcoming the new students here, this club called PAL. Okay. Um, and she's just made herself so vulnerable and not caring about what looks cool and what doesn't look cool just enjoying the process and like we have this new thing here called the hunt and they've basically like separated the campus into four um schools and they compete against each other and they compete against each other monthly on like family feud or carnival games and all that kind of stuff and they're mounting points and everything and you can either think that's lame and not be a part of it or you can think oh this is a great way to like connect with people here and totally be a part of it and really have fun within it and that's what i challenge them to do don't just come here to sit in your dorm room and be on the gym floor like come here and get yourself outside yourself and meet other people and experience what college really does have to offer you got me fired up. I, I kind of want to get on the court and play for yeah, you now. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your conference, right? Let's talk about other schools out there because mm -hmm. I one I talk about all the time. Now you've been uh, in coaching in your fifth year, but what are some of your favorite campuses besides just getting there, getting to the arena, playing? Uh, have you had a chance even to? I'm, I'm going to say one Point Loma. Point mm -hmm. Loma is a beautiful campus, yeah. uh, but. Talk to me about some of the campuses that you like that maybe my listeners are never even heard of before. Mm. Um, and they might want to go to Hawaii. You know, it's so random. They're, it's not in our conference anymore because they drop sports. But like, um, what was Dominguez it called? Dominguez Hills? No, College of Notre Dame. Yes. Up in North. It had such a beautiful campus, I thought. And it was like kind of hidden inside the this forest or whatever like that. But it was really such a pretty campus. I don't know much about the school, but I really liked just like the, the feel of that campus. I think it's fairly small, though. Um I, you know, I've one campus that I've always liked was LMU, even though they're not in our conference. I like how it's kind of similar to this where it's like in a residential yes. area kind of deal. But it's if I like the safe feel of it. I like the look of it. It's very green and things like that. I just don't like for me. I'm not going to like like to be honest with you. I'm not going to like a Cal State San Bernardino. That's very concrete. And like, I, I don't know. It's just very like. I don't Nasty. know if yeah, modern <laughs> is the right word or not. Like it's just so much concrete and it just doesn't look like very appealing to me. I just didn't feel like at home there where I like a more like nature feel and <coughs> right. I I, and I'm, I'm also terrible to ask that too, because I like the sun. I I'm not someone that likes to be cold. I like the beach and you know, so well, that's why you're right here at Concordia. Look right now. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's sunny outside. Mm -hmm. It's 80 all week. 
Like my daughters are coming home from like 30 yeah. degrees. Like I could never go to Wisconsin. Like that would be like, I'd be it's so, so fun. miserable. You got to schedule a game out there. Yeah. No, that's not how I choose to spend my fundraising dollars. <laughs> she literally, they came home this week and she's been at the beach two days. Yeah. She's like, she's going to oh. go home with a little golden California. She's going to be and tan. Everyone's going to be, be all jealous. white and pasty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's me, though. But th I know who I am. That's why I've never left California. Right. Like I love I want to wear shorts and a T-shirt and my hair and a messy bun for 85 percent of my life. You know, <laughs> so and, but that's also what students should be thinking yes, about. I Parents think so. should be thinking about because some of them. Well, first, it is hard for those of you that can't get into the UCLA's, the UC Santa Barbara's, and the Cal's, and the SE's, mm -hmm. the UC San Diego's, or the UC Davis's, there's these private great schools such as Concordia. And I think too, like you have to understand you as a, as a, I guess they're teenagers right now and parents need to understand their children. Like what's their mental health status like? You know, because I feel like we don't even take that to, into account. Like, if you have a kid that is not great with their mental health right now, and you're going to stick them in 50 degree weather or, or colder. They're going to be in their dorm room. They're going to be getting no vitamin D, right? right? And they might not be getting community or interaction because that's going to drive them to stay into their dorm rooms even more, right? Where here, like, you're out and about because it's, it's accessible. You're in the middle. Like, I'm... 10 minutes from the beach, an hour from the snow and mountains, and I'm in a city all the time. I can go to Disneyland, downtown Disney. There's always something to do, and it drives me out of my room. It drives me from being just solo, right? And Or you're taking them into these big-time colleges, and it's so like it becomes about competitiveness, and you become a solo, solo competitor where, oh, my God, I can't even get into this study group because I might – I, I don't want them to get better grades than I get because then I can't get to that next level of whatever that is, like master's, PhD, that you're always competing against people. It's just like, at the you're just, you've got to get a degree and figure out what you're good at and then just get into that. It, it here's, and you're probably going to agree to it, everything always works out. Yes. At the end of the day, parents relax. It all works out. Your student, your kid is going to end up where they're supposed to be, where they're meant yes. to be. If you, if you don't fight it, I feel like we fight it. We want something more for our children or we try and push them to something more than what they really want. Like, I think a good case of this is Brendan, right? Like we didn't, he went to Troy, this incredibly um, competitive academic environment. And I said, okay, you're going to go here, but I'm not going to allow you to do Troy Tech. And I'm not going to allow you, like, we're going to pick and choose your AP classes, right? Because I didn't want him up till three o'clock in the morning studying and freaking out over his grades. And everyone's like, oh my God, this is not going to be great for him. And the reason why we stayed in Fullerton for so long was because the elementary school that they were at had a no homework policy. And all my friends were like, you're crazy. Your kids don't do homework. I'm like, homework, You're not supposed to do homework, homework doesn't even like sh it shows homework doesn't help you be any smarter it just teaches you to be more stressed and takes you away from like we, we want them to play sports or do whatever it is that they do afterwards so and I would laugh and I'd be like you guys saying all this stuff Cameron's a 3.9 at modern day and Brendan's a 4.3 at Troy the most the academic school ever and they never did homework in junior high or high and um, elementary right 
And so anyway, so Brendan did all that. He's got a 3.9 here at the college level, you know, and he's fine. It all works out. Like he did a couple AP classes and he got A's in all of them. He passed all his AP. In fact, he didn't even take, he forgot to take, we forgot to sign him up for the AP um, (laughs) Euro test. So then we said, dude, do you think you, do you want to take it the next year? You already did the class and we petitioned for him to take it. He got a five on that test without, and it had been a year since he had taken the class itself. So like, at the end of the day, it's all relative. Like it is. I'm chill, you know, with that kind of stuff. I just want them to live up to what they are good at. So, like, Brendan is incredibly smart. So, my standards for him are and GPA wise and stuff are different, different from maybe like like Devin is so street smart and common sense smart and stuff like that. So, she's like a little. My expectations of her GPA are a little bit different than my expectations of Brendan. Well, that's so funny how you said that, Devin, uh, the, her freshman at Modern Day. Uh, who I've known for a long time. Josh was a sophomore at Modern Day. Our expectations of Josh was completely different than Sophia and Julia. You have to treat and look at each child completely different. Yeah, and Devin's like, where she's going to go for college is going to be very different how we kind of drive her than it has been for Cameron and Brendan too. So Absolutely. Just because I know she's just a very different child than them two are. Yes. Well, it, it, it's amazing because it's from the same mom and the same dad yeah. right uh-huh. so when you walk around i love asking this question the coaches or administrators on the campus uh, first of all college makes you young yeah i would say right? totally. when you're on campus it has to make you young just coaching every time when i go watch a practice or i observe i go i wish i was in college again but when you're walking around this campus what it, where do you like to go hang out besides this office where do you like to just Walk and maybe go, I'm going to go take a stroll, upper campus, lower campus, sell Concordia besides the sunshine. Well, when I'm, that's how I de-stress is to move my body. That's why I would never have been very good at being a nine to five person because it would have been really hard for me to sit a long time. So I like to go out and I like to walk the perimeter because if you walk the perimeter here, you get to see a little bit of everything. I cut, I like to cut through the middle of campus towards Grim Hall and then walk the perimeter. It's amazingly beautiful i like to go to the um, shepherd's chapel up there it's so nice because then they have this um, place where you can look out and you can on a clear day you can see disneyland over there it's just such a pretty view but it's directly in the sun too so you could sit there and you could just like ground yourself and sit in the sun and that's just a big thing for me i usually eat lunch three days a week with my with somebody from my team so i'm like in the cafeteria and kids are just passing by and stuff and i'm pretty accessible here as a coach so people come up to me all the time hey coach how's it going like you know high-fiving them and stuff so i mean so you'll just go eat on campus oh yeah and, and your your team will just run into you oh they always see me yeah i'm i'm not someone that's i don't just show up for a practice like I'm here, you know, You're around. And I'm walking See, I like around. That. So if you, if you got I a know player, a lot of those staff, I know a lot of teachers here, you know, I'm like getting involved. Yeah. Obviously this, this podcast is called the student manager. We had one of your student managers mm-hmm. on Nick Ellersek. I didn't see any student managers at practice today. Do you have student yes, managers? Yes, we have one, but she's, it's, um, what do you call it? Thanksgiving break right now. So there's she's, no breaks. Not if you're a team manager. <laughs> well, Come on. Well, I'm not like that because I, unfortunately I can't pay for their tuition and stuff like that. <laughs> right. So they're doing it because they want to be a part of the program and everything. They want to be a part of – like our team is really special. They lo- end up really loving our girls. I give them gear and things like that. But, you know, I understand what they're doing for us is – we're getting more out of what they're doing for us than what I'm doing for them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 
but um she's actually from hawaii she's this adorable little girl we like her name's daphne we just love her we've had we've been incredibly lucky we've had probably some of the best student managers i've ever worked with since i've been here starting like we had this one cat she's amazing she's like a film and movie producer right now and um i we just had some really good student managers so, here. so let's hit on that because uh, i've had my former coaches on this podcast and we all and and some other local basketball uh, coaches as we do our basketball preview. And we talk about the student managers and some people don't really understand the importance of a student manager. If you're listening to this podcast and, and you're not a D1, D2 student athlete, you can go to college and get involved. So a student manager, what does a student manager mean to you? I, I, I think they're probably one of the most important people on our staff because I think it also helps um, our girls to understand how selfless people can be, you know? And like, and we, I don't have to anymore because that's just the culture that we have now. They are so grateful to them. Like our girls will be like, thank you so much. And they invite them to hang out with them and things like that. Like they really do become a part of our family. And it's such a different personality that's part of our family now, right? It's somebody that has no impact when they're in the game situation, but so much impact on the outside, you know? and. They like big thing for me is like you saw our practices. We are so fast. We jump from one thing to the next. Um, everything is competitive. The clock is always running. You're trying to beat the clock. You're trying to beat the score. And I can't do that and coach at the same time, run that clock. I can't like make sure all those little things like the hustle chart is being managed and and coach and my coaches can't do it either. So student managers are so important for that. Like I don't, for me, I don't use them as, like maids yeah yes. i really don't like they don't do our laundry i have somebody i have our grad assistants do our laundry and things like that i do not have our student managers doing stuff like that but through the process of that they become so much wanting to be a part of the girls and like hey what can i get for you and like if i actually ask them hey is there any way you can run up to my office i forgot something and grab it they're like oh my gosh tripping over themselves because i never <laughs> asked for stuff like that you know so i just think that you cannot run a program unless you have people that are more than just players helping you along right, the way. Right. Yeah. And for those that are looking, we talked about the career and after companies hiring people look, if you were a student manager, they know if you were a student manager, mm -hmm. you are going to just bust through any type of wall, sacrifice and do anything. And I think too, like getting a, like I write, I'm not, not to toot my own horn, but I write a very good letter of rec, right? Really? And, and I do it, it's very personalized, so I don't have a standard one. So I only, I write truly to that person. And I, every manager that's asked me to write a letter of rec has attained whatever position or something that they've wanted. And I think like that's so important because I think pe businesses are looking like, wow, this person had this much impact on s their head coach, you know, that thinks this way about them, you know, and I always follow up with a call to that business and an email outside of my letter of rec because I really want them to understand like this person will go through a wall. This person finds work. This person is a problem solver and they're never rattled. Like we move, everything moves so fast and it's different every single day and they just stay the course. And I think like being able to operate in that kind of way can make you a successful in whatever you want to do. I watched your practice very, I love, I, I would have flourished that just being poised and being calm and on the move. Cause you, mm -hmm. we can't sit around. You can't yeah, sit around. Totally. 
It's been great. I've been here talking with Christine Collins Kiernan in her fifth year at coach at Concordia. See, we didn't even really talk basketball, <sighs> the conference, because at the end of the day, we want to hear stories. We want to hear what it's really like. You've you've had a great past background talking about, you know, you went to Cal State Fullerton, coached at Cal State Northridge, and now you're here at Concordia. I went Concordia. to a JC first. Hey, that, that's too. right. Like, you went you to know, a JC and I played. I wasn't ready. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I didn't know where I wanted to be. So those two years at JC gave me an opportunity to figure that out without breaking the bank. <laughs> and we didn't even touch on that because it's so important. I tell people it's okay to go to a community college, mm -hmm. right? Because why would you spend $30,000 on math and English when you can spend that same math and English for 5,000? Yeah, especially if you don't know what you wanna do. If you don't know what you want to do, I think those figuring it out in those first two years is good. Because if you go to a like a university and you come in, most universities make you come in decided, right? So I usually make all my freshmen come in undecided because 97% of the kids I've had here in the five years, they're going to change they've changed their majors, majors. Yeah. right? When they've come in one thing and, let, and they're like, no, I don't want to do this. But so you come in, you go into a university decided, you get in there and you're already starting to take those, um, a bunch of front loaded classes and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. So now you've just wasted all that time and money. Right. You could have done that at a JC and like maybe interned or like asked questions of people in that, that are working in that profession to see if this is really what I want to do. And then you can invest, really invest in those last two years. But coming from high school, such as were your daughters, uh, two of them, I've, uh, one goes to and one graduated from modern day, or even some of the schools out here, there's so much pressure yeah. and stress of, cause I've asked students this, they're like, I felt pressure and peer from my peers of going to a university rather than just going to a community college. Well, that sounds like a you problem. You know Thank what I you. mean? Like, yes. At the end of the day, I don't know. And I know it's really hard in this generation, but you shouldn't care what other people think about you or whatever, because at the end of the day, you're going to win because you're going to be not putting yourself in situations that you financially, emotionally, or mentally cannot handle. And I think that's what you always have to keep in perspective. What can I financially, emotionally, and mentally handle? And then what your big picture is. But too, far, too often we just like keep looking at what's right in front of us. Get off social media. Stop worrying about it so much. Christine Collins, telling it as it is true. This is why we have these podcasts, raw experiences, just the true stories mm -hmm. that students should be listening to, parents should be listening to. We could talk forever, but I don't want to take up your film time. You got to break down film. You got two big uh, games. That's and then why you have assistant coaches. <laughs> and you're going to Hawaii. Yes, I can't wait. I love Hawaii. I love my job. <laughs> Continue the winning, right? Because you took over this program. I think there was only two wins yep. prior to you coming. And now you're like 50 and 43 or 53 now and 43 because you're off to a 3-0 and start. Yeah. Uh, look forward to following the Eagles this year. Uh, I, I got to get out to a game. Yeah, you should. You would love our little group. They get after it. And I love your gym. I just love, I love sitting in yeah. a good arena. You got to get me in the booster area. Yeah, you're, you can go. <laughs> Donate $1,000. I'll get you in there. <laughs> there she is, selling it and yeah. working it. All right, for the student manager, thank you very much, Christine. This has been great. Thank you. It's so good seeing you. I love your podcast. I think it's important. Thank you. Fonger News, out. Out. Out.